0: Hey, good morning, Icon Church. I'm so thrilled to be sharing again in this Open Plan series. It's actually week three of the series and uh, just uh, two more weeks to go today and tomorrow. I want to give you a huge welcome, whichever campus that you're from, or even if you're just uh, joining us online, you're therefore from our online campus. I know we're all online, but we've got some people who normally would be in Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham and Stocksbridge, and we just want to give you a huge welcome Today and also, if this is your first time, we want to say we love having first-time visitors and guests at Icon Church, and we hope uh, you'll find your way back so many times. So welcome home. We really believe you belong here. As I say, this is week three of our four-week open-plan series to start 2021. I, I love doing a teaching series at the beginning of the year because I real really feel it can it can set us up for the year ahead, that actually stuff that we do at the beginning of the year can set the course for the year ahead. And so this series called Open Plan is really about radical generosity. And we've been talking about that for a few weeks. We talked about God's generous grace. And then last week we talked about generous hospitality. Next week we're going to talk about generous justice. And uh, I've been saying every week that generosity is not just about money. Often we think that when we heard the word generosity, we think about money, but it's not. It's about relationships, attitude, hospitality, kindness, listening, being emotionally generous. It's about us serving and caring for others. But today I do want to talk about this, generous giving. And I want to go to some words of Jesus just to kick off my part. It was so great that Gina shared those teaching texts from across the whole series. But I want to read Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. Jesus says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In the King James Version and the New King James Version, it says you cannot serve both God and Mammon. Mammon, this word Mammon, is better translated riches, but it's commonly been translated in modern translations as money because money is the currency through which we, use, the currency we use to gain riches. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus taught 38 parables in the Gospels. And 16 of those 38 parables are about money and business. It was a big deal for Jesus, obviously, even 2,000 years ago. And, and I think a great question for us to ask this morning is why. Why would Jesus spend so much time talking about this issue, money? Well, it, it can't be. It's a great question. It can't be that God needs our money. I mean, the scriptures teach us that everything belongs to God. And it seems to me that God's done so far okay. He's done okay so far. Doesn't it seem that to you? So, he obviously doesn't need our money. But I believe that Jesus speaks so much about money because God doesn't want something from us, but he always wants something for us. And therefore, I don't think we think enough about money. Uh, Stephen Covey, he's the guy who wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said this. Sometimes the most important things in life don't scream for our attention. We get distracted by the tyranny of the urgent. In, in In other words, we go on with our lives and we do what we do, but we don't think about the important things. And I think that's true when it comes to money. For Jesus to address this subject in 42% of his parables, to talk about it more than prayer, to talk about it more than faith or anything else, means that it's important to God. And yet we, sometimes I feel, give it so little thought, despite the fact that we make decisions about money every single day multiple times a day. Maybe already today, uh, this morning, you've made decisions about money. I made a decision this morning to drive past the coffee shop and not pick up, you know, that um, coconut milk latte with a sugar-free shot of vanilla. I made that decision. Uh, One of our team here uh, today, Molly, she made a decision today not to have a McDonald's breakfast. Last week, she did bring a McDonald's breakfast with her, and we were all je- jealous. Uh, let's think about this word, mammon, riches, that the, has commonly been translated money. And let's think about the definition of mammon. And this will reveal to us why it's so important. Mammon is the desire for abundance apart from God. Abundance without having to depend upon God. We know, don't we, that God is good. We know, don't we, that God wants us to give us an abundance. But God also wants to be the source of that abundance. And that's why this matters to God. And so often in our lives, riches and wealth, that's where we're looking to flourish in life. It's where we look for status. It's where we look for our identity. Riches, stuff, and wealth is where we look for approval. And basically, we look for wealth and riches to provide what only God can truly provide. That's why Jesus says in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36 what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What an incredible thought that is that you could gain the whole world, everything, but lose your soul. We sometimes may think that what Jesus meant here was, well, what good is it to have all the riches in the world but not to have eternal life? Well, there's some truth in that. But more specifically, Jesus was saying, you can gain the riches of the whole world but never find the abundance you're looking for. Never find the flourishing that you were meant for. You can have everything but still not experience the life that is truly life. And this is so important because this search for status, meaning, and approval is the issue of our heart, isn't it? And Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not the other way around. I used to think it was that our treasure followed our heart, but no, Jesus says, no, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. That's why this is so important for us. You know, and if we are looking for wealth and riches and stuff, all those things to, uh, to, to provide the abundance we long for, those things, mammon, will become our God. If your heart and my heart are to be God's, our treasure has to be God's also. I want to share this quote from you. It's from a guy called Victor Libor. It says this, You cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus didn't deny that money was a God. That God even as a name, mammon. Jesus affirmed mammon as the sole serious competitor to the Trinity. Jesus understood that the contrast between God's way and mammon's way was the most fundamental distinction in all of life and history. What a statement that is. He didn't divide, Jesus didn't divide the world into left versus right, or liberal versus conservative, or envious versus entrepreneur, or even Christian versus Muslim. Jesus didn't make mammon just a side temptation for a few like we do. What this guy went on to say was this, that we are in danger. No, not in danger. It's actually happening. We are in danger of being discipled by our culture. And it's happening to all of us. Because there's a rival God, wealth, riches, mammon, and that rival God wants our heart. Our new temples, our new places of worship are the shopping malls. Our new places of worship are Amazon and eBay. The calls to worship that we're exposed to bombard us every day. Just think how many adverts that you see every single day. Do you know that today you and I will see more adverts in one year, more calls to worship in one year than a person living 50 years ago would see in a lifetime? Just think how much advertising hits your smartphone The gods are seeking our attention. The gods are after our heart. We need to recognize this pull. And that this pull has been with us ever since the Garden of of Eden, which did become the Garden of Evil. Where the serpent tempts Adam and Eve by saying, there's more available for you if you step away from God. Let me say that again. There's more available for you if you step away from God and that same serpent is still in the garden today and it's your garden and it's mine it's your phone and it's my phone the serpent may even have a name today Alexa (laughs) the mark of the beast could well be the Pinterest logo Now, it's important for me to say this morning that God is not against wealth, and he's not against riches. In fact, God promises his blessing upon our lives. He promises abundance, but he knows that if wealth and riches are our idols, they will not provide the abundance that we look for. We will find ourselves stuck on repeat in a U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And it's because God loves us so much that he speaks so often about this issue. So that our souls can prosper. And so that we can realize and that we can marinate. That's a great word, isn't it? So that we can marinate in the goodness, the life that is truly life that he has given us through Jesus Christ. The life that is already yours and the life that is already mine in Jesus. I mean... Just look at this. We're going to whip through these uh, some verses just quickly. Look at this. Here's a screen full of verses. I'm, a, I'm faithful. I'm a child of God. I've been justified. What about the next screen? I'm alive with Christ. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I've been given the incomparable riches of God's grace. What about the next screen? It says this I can be strong. I'm not alone. I can grow. And what about the fourth screen? What about this one? It says, I'm a new creation. I'm included. I have hope. All that goodness, all that abundance, all that life that is truly life is already ours through Jesus Christ. I wonder if anyone's thankful in the comments this morning for that. I wonder if anyone's thankful in the chat today. The Apostle Paul was so on the money, forgive the pun, when he wrote in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You haven't been blessed with some stuff today. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There's nothing lacking and there's nothing missing. It's all yours. And so to keep us from this trap, to thinking there's more available if we step away from God. How can there be more available if every blessing is already ours? So to keep us from this trap, to keep us from giving our hearts to a false, powerless and failing God. God promises abundance. Sorry, a God that promises abundance, but a God that always fails to deliver. God teaches us plainly throughout Scripture, plainly and simply, how we should approach money giving. And he says, have a plan. Have a plan to be a generous giver. And this morning, as we close this message... There's a few minutes left yet, but as we move through this message, I want to share two specific things, two specific thoughts from Scripture that Scripture teaches us about this. Here's the first Give God the first and the best. This is what He teaches us plainly. Give God the first and the best. In Exodus 23 and verse 19, Scripture says this As you harvest your crops, Bring the very best of the harvest to the house of the Lord your God. In Exodus 13 and verse 2, the scripture says, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offspring to be born, both of humans and animals, belong to me. It's here in these verses we see God giving the people he loved the keys to being his people and to succeeding in the future and in the land of promise they were just about to enter. And one of the most significant of these was the principle and practice of first fruits, bringing God the first and the best. God, as we've said, is interested in our heart. He doesn't want our heart being given to a false God, a powerless God that will not give the abundance that he promised you see the things of god always come down to the motivation of our heart he wants to keep us he wants us to keep our heart set on him set and focused on him because that's the only way that we can experience all the goodness in this life he wants for us and more importantly it's the only way that we can make maximum impact for his kingdom the only way to the life that is truly life is to give god our heart. And so he says this in those verses, the first portion, the firstborn, the first fruits belong to me. I wonder if you've ever considered that, that God says everything's mine, but particularly dedicate to me, bring to me the first portion. Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10 says this, honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part, there it is again, first and best, with the best part of everything you produce. And then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. I love this verse because it tells us, honoring God with the first and the best comes with a promise of blessing. That first portion carries with it the blessing of God. You see, when we do the right thing with the first thing, God commits himself to everything. Let me say that again. When we do the right thing with the first thing, God commits himself to everything. The scriptures are literally saturated, dripping with this idea, this concept. We've just seen it in Proverbs 3, when the wise Solomon advises us to honor the Lord with the first and the best of our increase. We see it in Genesis, where God... I accepted Abel's offering because it was the first. It represented the first. But he refused Cain's offering because it wasn't his first. That's Genesis chapter 4. We see it when the Israelites conquer the land of Canaan in Joshua chapter 6. And God declares Jericho, the first city they conquered, his. And they were solemnly commanded not to touch any of the spoils when they went into that city but they disobeyed and kept some spoils for themselves. And then they were defeated at Ai, or Ai, the second city they sought to conquer, a much smaller city. We see it in the story of Abraham, where God asks Abraham for his firstborn, only son, Isaac, Genesis chapter 22. And at A side note is this that in that story, too, we discover that this God, our God, is not a God that kills children. But this principle of the first and the best isn't just in the Old Testament as something. We find it in Jesus. We find it in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where he tells his disciples, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God. Of God and his righteousness. And all these things. There it is again. If we do the right thing with the first thing. All these things will be added to you. God has to be first. Because he is first. He's before anything. And putting him first carries a blessing. In life that you cannot experience. If something other than God is in first place. Colossians 1 and verse 17, talking about Jesus, says he is before all things. Is he before all things in your life, in my life? He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You know what the first commandment is, right? You shall have no other gods before me. You won't find status, acceptance, significance is anything before me the first and the best belongs to God and he says bring it to the house of God you see we don't get to decide what we do with the first and the best because it's God we don't decide where it goes God decides that he says bring it to the house of God if, if I think, well, I, yeah, I could take this first portion and maybe, you know, divvy it up, you know, give a bit to this and give a bit to that and give some to my family here and there and pretend I'm doing the service of God. No, if, if I want control beyond that, if I want to carve up my giving, I'm not giving it to God. I'm still using it my way. The first belongs to God. And he says, bring the first and the best and bring it to the house of God. When we need to ask then, where does God come when it is concerning our money? Is God first? And the second principle, and there's just two this morning that I want to look at today. A second principle the scripture teaches is this. Trust God with the tithe. In Malachi 3 verses 10 to 12, the prophet says this. "'Bring all the tithes into the storehouse "'so there will be enough food in my temple. "'If you do,' says the Lord of heaven's armies, "'I will open the windows of heaven for you. "'I will pour out a blessing "'so great you won't have enough room to take it in. "'Try it,' God says. "'Put me to the test. "'Your crops will be abundant "'for I will guard them from insects and disease. "'Your grapes will not fail.' From the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, and your land, your world, your life will be such a delight, says the Lord of Heaven's Armies. The tithe, the tithe is the first portion. It literally means a tenth. It's the first and main part of God's economic financial plan of blessing for us. I don't know if you realize, but God has a plan for your financial blessing. And that's what this series is about us joining God's plan for our blessing. And the tithe is the first part of that blessing. I like to describe God's plan like this tithe, save and invest, steward well. Tithe, save and invest. Steward well. I, I like to create a bit more rhythm than that. Maybe it's because I used to be a drummer. I say used to be because I look at drummers today, Jawa's playing drums today, Nat, Joel, other people playing drums, Neve sometimes plays drums, Neve plays everything in our church. But I like to say it like this, trust God with the tithe, save and invest, steward well the rest, repeat. Trust God with the tithe, save and invest, steward while the rest. Repeat, I did think about bringing a drum kit here this morning and trying to play a beat and trying to rap along, but you're so thrilled I didn't do that. No, but do you see it? Do you see God's plan for our abundance? Trust God with the tithe. You know, every person I've observed over many years now who's lived this way has seen the Malachi promise fulfilled in their lives. Seriously, without exception, over 35 plus years of serving God and ministry. Every person who has lived, uh, not perfectly, but sought to live God's way when it comes to financial money. I've seen God's provision, sometimes miraculously, in their lives. I've seen their families blessed, sometimes surprisingly I've seen their lives flourish in all sorts of areas. I've seen them rescued in times of difficulty and challenge and opposition. I've seen them lifted up from from pits of despair and depression and loneliness. I have not seen one person in 35 years who's adopted this wisdom fall or fail. Imagine if God was to come to you personally And say to you what he said to Abraham about the tithe. What he said to the children of Israel. That if you will do this, bring me the first and the best, trust me with the tithe, I'll do all this for you. Well, I want you to know God has. God has come to you personally. And he asks you to trust him. I don't know if you noticed in Malachi... Versus this, this kind of a thing that we can take a little bit negative where God says, you know, if you don't bring the first and the best, if you don't bring the tithe, you're robbing me. You will rob me. And of course, <clears throat> what's the application of that? Well, of course, everything belongs to him. And so when God asks it, if we don't give it him, of course, that's a, there's that sense. But also, we're robbing God, not just of the tithe. The money, is, the money isn't an issue with God. We're robbing him of first place. We're robbing him of that position. We're giving our worship to another. And we're also robbing God of blessing us. Remember that the blessing comes with the first. Trust me, with the tithe, God says, bring all of it into the storehouse. I believe some of us can make a change today. I believe some of us can switch completely today onto this plan. And that change can be immediate. Some of us can sit down, perhaps with our spouse, perhaps in our family. And we can look at our finances. And we can create, maybe for the first time, or maybe as a revisitation of this issue, we can create a God-honoring budget today. Trust God with the tithe. Save and invest Steward well the rest, repeat. Trust God with the tithe, save and invest. Steward well the rest, repeat. My encouragement for every one of us today is let's take a step. Don't put it off. Let's remember this, that God teaches generous giving, not because he wants something from us, but because he wants something for us. When we do the right thing with the first thing, God commits himself to everything so let's apply this today let's make a change it's one of the most important things you will do in your life every year when we teach in Icon Church about about giving about God's view on finances and and how stewardship of finances people come to me and say I need to make a change but let me tell you over 30 plus years very few do I want to encourage you to do today to take a step. That step is to make a change. Maybe you've never given. I encourage you to give today. Maybe your giving has been inconsistent. I want to encourage you today. Be a regular giver. People find the best way to do that is to set up a regular, weekly, monthly, standing order. And I want to encourage you today to be a regular giver. Maybe you've never been a person who felt that you could tithe I want to encourage you to move towards that today, to bring God the first and the best. Maybe you've never written a budget. I want to encourage you to sit down and write a God-honoring budget based on this principle. Trust God. Save and invest. Steward well the rest. Repeat. And I can promise you, because I've experienced it in my own life, because I've seen it in so many other people, you will be blessed in Jesus' name. Come on, let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are not after something from us. I thank you that you want us to have the life that is truly life. I remember today the words of Jesus, I have come to give you life and life in all its fullness. And the reason you teach so much on this subject is because of its potential to rob us of the life that is truly life, to rob us from knowing the abundance you have for us. And so I pray today that your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and help us and give us the confidence and the courage and the will to make a change and to move forward and to honour you and to put you first in every area of our life in Jesus' name and I believe your promise that you will open the windows of heaven that you will open the windows of heaven on our lives, on our family on our children on our children's children and I thank you for it in Jesus' name and everyone said Amen Just one final thing before I close. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Well, first of all, let me say I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so glad I get to speak to you in this moment because God loves you. And God has a plan for your life, a plan for your abundance. And that plan begins with you starting a relationship with Him. I'm not asking you today to join a religion or anything like that, but I'm asking you to say yes his invitation to know him I'm asking you to say yes to following Jesus in your life and if you've never made that decision right now there'll be a button on church online there'll be a link on YouTube and you can click that link and and, uh, that just says raise hand and you can begin to do that right now or maybe at one time in your life you made that decision but you've drifted away from God but you're back here today I just want to say welcome home and if that's you today, I want you two to click that button and click that link and say, I'm coming back today. I've drifted away from God. I've been far away from God. But I'm coming home today. I'm coming back into that relationship. Click that button. Click that link. And then there's a, a small thing that you could do. is As you click the button and click that link, it'll take you to a place where you could leave your details. And we'd love to send you a little gift, a free gift. We'd love to send you this little booklet. It's just John's Gospel. And because this will help you on your journey. It'll help you read about Jesus. It'll help you read the words of Jesus. And it'll help you take that step to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not inviting you to religion today. That has no power. I'm not inviting you to a false god. But I am inviting you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. And So if that's you and you've not done it already, come on. I want you to right now to click that button. If you're saying, Paul, that's me, click that link because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you in the next few seconds. So if you've not done it or you're coming home, you're saying, I've drifted away. Come on, right now, click that button, click that link. I'm going to wait just five seconds. I'm going to count five seconds and give you an opportunity. Five, four, three. It's not too late. I'm going to pray. Two, one. Click that button. Click that link. Father, I thank you for every person who'll make a decision to follow you today. I thank you this is a holy moment in their life. It's the start of a journey of putting you first, of of learning what it means to live your way and receive the life that is truly life. I pray for them as they've clicked that button and they've clicked that link that they'll know your peace. Come over them right where they are, right in this moment, Holy Spirit. Let them know your peace and let them know your power. In Jesus' name, I thank you for each and every one of them. Bless them, rescue them, save them, cause them to know the fullness, the abundance of life that you have for them. Fill them right now. Fill them right now with your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, church. Why don't we just celebrate every person that will make that decision across Icon Church today. Church. Jeannie and I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. Have an incredible week and may God bless everything you do this week. Let's worship God together.